Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's Thursday. It's July 6th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A reminder here for you, though, we're with you for the rest of today's show and tomorrow. Then we're on vacation from July 10th through the 14th and then back with you on July 17th. As we typically do, though, in today's show, let's get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question, and it's regarding the Phoenix Suns. Do you consider the Suns to be a championship contender to win the 2024 finals? Yes remains out in front here at 60% of the vote, no trailing at 40%. Uh, I haven't checked this since late yesterday afternoon, but I did check the Nevada consensus odds to win the 2024 NBA Finals at that point. The Nuggets were favored at plus 450. The Celtics were second at plus 550. The Suns are third at plus 650. And just for the record, the Bucks are next at uh, you know plus 700. And the Lakers are plus 1100. Remember also Las Vegas, especially heavy Lakers territory. Uh, then you also have over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060 sticking with that NBA theme. Should the Heat be among the top five contenders to win the 2024 NBA Finals if they add Damian Lillard? Yes, out in front at 95.2% of the vote. No trailing at 4.8%. Yeah, the, the, the Heat were like seventh in the odds as of yesterday afternoon. And you know, there, you know, I think there's some speculation that obviously Lillard might go there. And if you just take a look at the way the Heat based uh, their offseason on, you know, they let uh, you know, Struess go and Vincent go. That seemed to clear some basketball room for Lillard to be the main guy, the ball handler, etc. And certainly it cleared some salary cap space for Lillard also. But it appears there's going to have to be a third or fourth team in the, you know, a trade for Lillard from Portland to Miami because apparently Portland doesn't really want Tyler Hero, uh, and they can't match up the salaries with any other players if Hero's not actually in the trade. Uh, We will answer both of those questions today around 1130. We'll also take your phone calls today at 1030 and 1115. The number is always to join the conversation, 602-260-1060. You can dive into NBA free agency discussion, as well as the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Miami Heat with those poll questions. Or if you have some Major League Baseball comments, Diamondbacks will certainly take that as well. And that's where we'll start today's program with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we'll start with the good 
from last night. Uh, it seemed certainly to be a pitcher's duel with the Mets. Uh, Kodai Senga going eight innings, four hits, one run, one walk, 12 strikeouts, and one home run. That home run was off of the bat of Christian Walker in the seventh. To give the Diamondbacks the lead, it was 434 feet to center. For the Diamondbacks, Tommy Henry pitched well once again. Six innings, two hits, no runs, four walks, one intentional walk, two strikeouts on 87 pitches. And in Henry's last five starts, he has a 1.48 ERA. He's been really good. Also, I don't think it's an accident that the Diamondbacks, they play good defense almost all the time, but they really play well defensively when Henry pitches. And I think a couple of things, he puts, he doesn't get many strikeouts, including last night. Uh, and uh, the opponent puts the ball in play because he mostly has thrown strikes. So that's good. They also made, you know, it wasn't to the level of uh, a couple of weeks ago where he had a game where they just made four spectacular plays that saved runs every time. But last night, once again, with Henry pitching, the Diamondbacks made three really good defensive plays. Uh, two of those uh, were you know, by Alec Thomas in that game. Uh, and the other one was by Nick Ahmed. And uh, that certainly prevented some possible damage from the Mets. But I think the biggest thing yesterday is, uh, you know, in addition to obviously the bullpen implosion, which I got into in some detail during the sports zone, but the fact that they got one run. Uh, you know, Senga has had some really good moments and some really bad starts this season. He struck out 12 guys. They had 18 sw- he had 18 swinging strikes against the Diamondbacks last night. He had not pitched past the seventh inning until last night. He pitched eight innings last night. The Diamondbacks only, had only the solo home run by Walker. And uh, I think it's the Diamondbacks offense that uh, just their lack thereof that came back and stung them last night. Obviously, the end of the game scenario. You know, Lavello opting to go with McGuff in the seventh and eighth innings. Uh, and then uh, Andrew Chafin pitches the ninth. He has he's one strike away in the two-strike, two-out home run uh, by Alvarez uh, when it was one nothing, And then you know, Chafin stayed in the game, allowed a single to Brett Beatty. Then he gave, gave up the game-tying triple to, to Mark Canna. Ended up to be the two. Uh, that was a deciding hit that, in the two-to-one loss. But you know, Chafin throughout the majority of his career has been considered a left-handed specialist. He had some early season success this year against right-handers. But I think if uh, the Diamondbacks are going to use him properly for the rest of the season, it mostly needs to be him returning to that left-handed specialist type of role. Uh, yeah, so you, you pointed it out there that the wheels came off there in the top of the ninth with two outs, and uh, Francisco Alvarez is the one who hit the game-tying home run off of Andrew Chafin here. Uh, and then the Diamondbacks uh, ended up giving up the – uh, run by Mark Cannon, uh, two to one for the Mets and the Diamondbacks in the bottom of the ninth tried to uh, get something going, but they ended up going one, two, three in the bottom of the ninth with Carroll batting second and Walker third for the Mets. Now, uh, this is four in a row for them. And for the Diamondbacks, it's four of seven in their last 11 games. And really, they haven't played well for several weeks, quite frankly. Uh, you know, they've had some pockets here and there. You know, they've lost uh, Series against elite teams. They lost two out of three to the Braves. They lost two out of three to the Rays. Um, you know, they're going to lose this series, and the Mets are not even close to being an elite team. They're 18 games out of first place. 
Uh, granted, I mean, Atlanta has lost a total of five games since June the 1st, and that's the team that they've lost literally 13 games to since June the 1st in the standings in the American, the, uh, excuse me, the National League East. But, you know, the Diamondbacks, uh, they have not played well, and I'm kind of wondering, they've got a lot of young players, were past the halfway mark mathematically, and I kind of wonder whether some of these young players have hit the wall. Uh, you know, Corbin Carroll's not going to really have a chance to even recharge the batteries because he's not just going to the All-Star game, he's going home to Seattle for the All-Star game. I'm guessing that he's not going to have one second of like solitude and time for himself uh, during the, quote, All-Star break. So I'm, I'm a little concerned that the, the young team might be wearing down because they've got a lot of young players who have not been through any kind of a 162-game grind, let alone you know like 85-game grind or wherever they're at right now as far as the season goes. And uh, when you look here at the bullpen, they're certainly struggling to close out some games. So is there anyone that you do currently trust? I mean, you have Andrew Chafin, you have Scott McGuff, you have Miguel Castro. Uh, is there anyone on this roster that you currently trust? Or is this something that certainly needs to be pinpointed uh, for the, the trade deadline? It has to be pinpointed, the trade deadline. But they also need to add at least one starting pitcher if they wanted to be serious about this. Uh, but David Robertson, who's had uh, the last the last two nights, he's got saves here. He's been connected to many teams, including the Diamondbacks, as possible trade uh, a trade possibility there. So maybe they're looking at their future closer here. What I think the Diamondbacks need to do. I mean, last night was obviously an awful game for them, as it turned out. The Dodgers hold on with Daniel Hudson, uh, who is just off the injured list in the last week or so former Diamondback, uh, closing that game out last night for the Dodgers. And uh, yeah, J.D. Martinez, former Diamondback, hitting a home run. Uh, also David Peralta, former Diamondback, hitting a home run. All that now for the Dodgers. Uh, but, you know, that was – and the fact that the Giants actually got – you know, Cobb came off the injured list a couple of starts ago, and now he actually pitched uh, – he was part of a shutout last night as they beat the Mariners. Last night the Diamondbacks lose and they're two – contending teams in the National League West both won. Not good. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers uh, will see what happens today with Urias against the Pirates. Uh, Urias, uh, his first start off the injured list was against Kansas City on Saturday, and he lost, but he got dinked and dunked to death in that game. He didn't get hit very hard. Uh, so I assume he's going to be good if he's healthy for the rest of the season. And, uh, and I don't think there's any question that the Dodgers are going to do something at the trade deadline. I don't know if they're going to do anything on the blockbuster thing uh, line of things, but you know they've now lost. They've had seven different starting pitchers on the injured list for this season, and they've got to add some. They got to add some starting pitching at some point. Then they have a farm system that pretty much whoever they want, whether it be a starter or a reliever. Their farm system is so good that if they want somebody, they're going to get them. With where the Diamondbacks are currently here, if they're unable to make some moves at the trade deadline, uh, would you consider that to be disappointing? I think it would be just, uh, I think it would be terrible. Uh, you know, just they have to. They, there's no way. I'm going to say it right now there is no way. 
that they're going to win this division if they don't make at least one starting pitching addition and a couple of bullpen arms. That's not happening because we've seen plenty of guys come up from Reno, starters and or relievers, whether it be Brandon Fott or others. There's obviously nobody in this organization that's going to help them this year that's not on the major league roster because whoever they thought might work has been here and it hasn't worked at all. In fact, in some cases, in Fott's case especially, it's been a miserable failure. Hopefully, they have not ruined Fott for his career. Uh, I think that he's so mentally damaged at this point, it's going to take a long time for him to recover. When you look at the overall NL West race here so far, heading into the trade deadline, the Diamondbacks are clinging on to that lead, uh, 50 and 37. The Dodgers sitting at 48 and 38, one and a half games back now, and the Giants at 47 and 43 games back. Let's look at the Dodgers here. They beat the Pirates six to four yesterday. Bobby Miller, five and two thirds innings, five hits, four runs, one walk, seven strikeouts, and two home runs given up. It was a big inning for the Dodgers in the fifth. That included two walks and a J.D. Martinez three-run home run, followed by a Peralta single home run shot to put them on top in that game. Yeah, and once I mentioned earlier, a couple minutes ago, that Daniel Hudson ends up saving that game. All those guys, former Diamondbacks. (laughs) So that stings a little bit. Peralta is having an excellent season for the Dodgers. Uh, Another reclamation project. He wasn't very good towards the end of his career here. Went to Tampa via trade from the Diamondbacks and wasn't very good there. But he has really done well for the Dodgers. He started a little slowly, but he's been a big part of the Dodgers' uh, offense so far this season. He's in a nice spot, too. He doesn't have to hit that. You know, their top five guys are, you know, if you, if they take, if you throw out the Braves, and they're a whole different animal in itself offensively. They're just unbelievable, and also they're a great defensive team, except for left field. They have a plus. The Braves have a plus defender at every defensive position except for left field. But uh, throw out the Braves, the Dodgers lineup. Uh, you know the first five guys. That's the that's the best in the National League and probably the second best in baseball. Uh, then you also have the Giants beating the Mariners 2-0 yesterday to snap a four-game losing streak for themselves. Alex Cobb got the start, six innings, six hits, no runs, seven strikeouts for the Giants. Yeah, I'm not buying the Giants, but uh, we'll see how this goes. But uh, Cobb was good yesterday. Yeah, I suggested during the sports zone that uh, Seattle needs to make a managerial change or at least think about it. I don't think they will now. I don't think they're going to make a managerial change the week before they host the All-Star game. And then uh, basically Jerry DePoto would have to answer questions for a week about, well, why would you make a managerial change? I wouldn't be surprised if it were shortly thereafter. But the Mariners are now 42 and 43. They have grossly underachieved. Their offense is anemic. Uh, DePoto has made trades. They put money into this team. I think that uh, Scott Service is going to be the fall guy. And I've seen enough of him now the last two years, even when they were you know, winning in the second half of last season. I've uh, more than occasionally thought to myself, what is he doing? And uh, now that they're actually now under 500 with a team that should be clearly above 500, I think that, the, in fact, if I, if I, I assume there's probably some betting site out there who's the next manager to be fired, I think that Scott Service would be the guy I would have favored to be the next manager fired in Major League Baseball. 
Uh, we'll certainly get into the Diamondbacks as they wrap up the series with the Mets tonight. We'll get into uh, the Dodgers as well. More from around Major League Baseball on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on this Thursday, July 6th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll keep uh, posting out these reminders here for you that we're with you the rest of today, with you tomorrow which happens to be a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. But then we're off July 10th through 14th, back with you on July 17th. More Major League Baseball discussion, getting into the Diamondbacks, wrapping up the series with the Mets as well, here on Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, you can follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you, continuing our Major League Baseball conversation. And for the Diamondbacks here, they're wrapping up the series against the Mets. It's a 6.40 p.m. first pitch on Bally Sports Arizona and looking to avoid getting swept by the Mets here. Carlos Carrasco is going for New York. He's 2-3. and three. 5.94 ERA, 39 strikeouts, and Ryan Nelson, 5 and 4, 4.67 ERA, 64 strikeouts. Yeah, Carrasco has been awful. I mean, he, you know, well, I think we all root for him. He's going to come back from cancer and all kinds of you know, injury issues and so forth, but he's just been bad. So it's just, you know, all the sentiment aside. Uh, he should not be a major league starting pitcher right now, but you know there's a shortage of those guys at the moment, and there's even uh, there's there's I don't remember over the last few years where there's been more of a shortage of starting pitcher in major league baseball, and I think that's in part because you know Tommy John surgeries to this point of the season are up over previous years, April through June, and uh, there's uh, a lot of key guys that are uh, unfortunately. Uh, either going to have Tommy John surgery or in Dustin May's case for the Dodgers is going to have it later this month in his case for a second time. Ryan Nelson, uh, he uh, he was, I think I think it's safe to say, pretty bad. Uh, in fact, uh, almost unusable until these last three starts. And he now has a 233 run average in his last three starts. He's only allowed five earned runs in his last 19 and a third innings. His last start was his best, a career-high seven and a third innings. He allowed just one earned run, three hits, walked one, six strikeouts. That was against the Angels. And he had uh, six strikeouts, as I mentioned. Two of those were against Trout, and two of them were against Otani. 
And so that's uh, for the Diamondbacks tonight to avoid the sweep by the Mets here. The San Francisco Giants, they're off today. They'll be hosting the Rockies starting tomorrow. So the Dodgers here, the team that can uh, pick up some ground on the Diamondbacks as they wrap up their series with the Pirates tonight. It's uh, Johan Aveto, who's 3-9, and 4.61 ERA, 81 strikeouts for the Pirates. And Julio Urias is 5-5, five and 4.94 five, ERA, 55 strikeouts in Urias his return last week against the Royals. Uh, it didn't go great. Three innings, six hits, five runs, two walks, two strikeouts. So he's looking to get back into a groove with this next start. That was really a misleading line, pitching line there. He got dinked and dunked to get death in that game. He actually pitched okay. And uh, yeah, they had a bunch of blue pits and the Royals, who were a really bad offensive team, you know, got some, quite frankly, they got lucky. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But Urias needs to be better. His earned run average is roughly five for the season, and uh, yeah, I assume he will be ready. He's been in, he's been on the injured list twice this season. Uh, needless to say, the Dodgers need to keep him healthy. He's one of those seven pitchers for the Dodgers starting pitchers that has been on the injured list, and he's been on two different times. So we'll see what happens. Also, the Dodgers have a, they have a very unusual schedule for the rest of the week. Uh, you know they have the the game tonight, then they play the uh, Angels uh, in the second installment, final installment this year of the Freeway Series. That's on Friday and Saturday, and they do not play the Angels and the Dodgers don't play on Sunday, so they get an extra day of the All Star break uh, heading into uh, their their few days off. They get an extra day. Around Major League Baseball, you have the Phillies beating the Rays yesterday, 8-4. to four. Taiwan Walker, seven innings, five hits, four runs, five walks, eight strikeouts, and one home run. It's Taiwan Walker's sixth straight start that he's won. And for the Phillies, they've now gone 8-3 and three in their last 11. Meanwhile, the Rays are 3-5 and five in their last eight games. And I'll even extend that. I mean, they've lost 10 of their last 16 games, and... Yeah, I think the Rays have run out of starting pitchers. Uh, we didn't think that would happen and really hurt them until the postseason, but now McClanahan's on the injured list. Uh, he was, you know, I think, headed to at least he was the favorite to win the American League side. He might still be the favorite to win that, but he was clearly the front runner uh, to win the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, injured, uh, had a back situation a couple weeks ago. They finally placed him on the injured list earlier this week. And uh, yeah, Kevin Cash did say yesterday that uh, he remains on target to come back when eligible from the injured list on July the 16th. They had to go with Yanni Chirinos yesterday, who's just kind of a, you know, a guy in your staff. And he was awful. He didn't get out of the third inning. Uh, for the Phillies, uh, they seem to beat everybody unless they play the Braves. And I don't really blame him for that because the Braves beat everybody. But I don't understand how the Phillies can't beat the Mets. And, uh, you know, they've been dominated by the Mets this season. And uh, in the, even last season, the Mets were obviously 101 games last season, but the Phillies did go to the World Series. But uh, those two teams, in your, if you don't beat the teams in your division and you get dominated by teams in your own division, that's probably not going to lead to success later, even though, you know, the Phillies did make it to the World Series last year, large, in large part because the Braves pitching staff was pretty much decimated by injury when they played against each other in the postseason last year. 
Moving on to the Orioles, beating the Yankees 6-3. to three. Uh, Dean Kramer, seven innings pitch, four hits, two runs, one walk, ten strikeouts, and one home run. And the Orioles uh, got to the Yankees' pen in the sixth. The Orioles, though, they've hit the skids a bit, three and six in their last nine games. They are. I'm not sure what's going on there, but I think the story, once again, is the Yankees. They are 29th in baseball uh, in runs scored since Aaron Judge went down about a month ago. And, you know, Kramer, 10 strikeouts. Kramer is an average at best pitcher, and he looked like, uh, you know, Jim Palmer, uh, your still Orioles announcer, Jim Palmer from Scottsdale. Uh, he looked like the, he was unbelievable last night. Uh, he is rarely anywhere near unbelievable in the majority of his major league starts in his career and the angels lost to the padres five to three seth lugo got the start six innings five hits two runs one walk six strikeouts josh Hader picked up his 20th save of the season the padres are now sitting at 41 and 46 as they are off today before taking on the mets i'm done with the padres get back to 500 and i'll think about you again uh, as I've mentioned for a few weeks now, they're under 500 since June 1st of last season. Uh, and that's even including the hot stretch they had in the second half of last year. The Angels are done at this point. Yeah, Mike Trout uh, is out for several weeks. There's no chance he's going to be back before the trade deadline. And I, there's uh, speculation out there now that they might actually consider trading Shohei Otani. Before the deadline, they're not obviously going to re-sign him, so they're going to lose him from nothing at the end of the season. I would be actually surprised if they traded Otani because they make so much money when he pitches at home. It's a sellout crowd, uh, and uh, you know, the revenue that they get from Otani pitching at home, at least they can get they could benefit from that for the last two months of the regular season. And they can watch him go down uh, the highway to pitch for the Dodgers next season. It's funny how quickly things can change because of injuries here. And in the next segment, we'll get into the athletics, MLB, all 30 buyers, sellers, etc. And in going through that list, uh, there was a, a little bit of thought that maybe the Angels should be buyers because it's going to be the last year of Otani and Mike Trout and all this and that. However, likely the Angels would not do that just based upon how they currently operate. But now that you have all of these injuries, Mike Trout, etc. Uh, you can't imagine that that's the direction they're going. Well, I think that you know, this Trout thing is just going to mask that they're not good. I mean, they had a nice stretch. Uh, they haven't won a series for a long time. You know, they got humiliated. They, they were hot, and they got humiliated at home by the Dodgers. They didn't score for two nights against the Dodgers, including the Dodgers' bullpen when they played in the first half of the freeway series a couple of weeks ago. They're just not good, and uh, they have you know some star players. But you know, while their complementary players, I think, have gotten better, uh, I think that anybody that really—I was intrigued. That's the word I used a couple of weeks ago when the Diamondbacks and, and uh, the Angels played. I guess that was last week that when I, I used that word. But uh, intrigued—that's actually a step up from what I thought of the Angels in past years. But. My intrigue is gone, and it has something to do a little bit with the injuries, but you know, they've had some chances against some of the the better teams uh, in baseball, and uh, they have fallen on their face here in the last couple of weeks, even before the injury situation. 
602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to join the program. We'll certainly take your calls uh, in the next segment. We'll also dive into, as I mentioned, the Athletics MLB All 30 uh, buyers, sellers, and and they broke it down into tiers. We won't have time to get into all of it, so it'll make you want to go read the article that is compiled by Tim Britton, Grant Brisby, and Stephen Nesbitt. But shockingly... Maybe. I don't know. There's an Arizona team. The Arizona Diamondbacks are part of this list. So we'll dive into that on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, as always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. But if you'd like to join the show, you can. 602-260-1060 is the number to call. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. Ten thirty-eight, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS ten sixty dot com and with the KDOS ten sixty app, powered by Superbook Sports. It is Thursday. It is July sixth. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you. Six zero two two sixty ten sixty is the number if you'd like to join the program discussing the Arizona Diamondbacks, Major League Baseball, as that August first trade deadline is looming. Uh, we'll get into the Athletics MLB be all 30 buyers, sellers, and tailors compiled by Tim Britton, Grant Brisby, and Stephen Nesbitt. Uh, they broke things down into tiers, and we won't have time to get through all of it, so we'll just go through some of the buyers here. And they have things listed in tier number one as aggressive buyers. And number one on the list for aggressive buyers is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Brisby says that the team has a surprising number of roster spots that they can upgrade. Starting rotation is iffy after Gallen and Kelly. And obviously Kelly right now is currently on the injured list. Uh, The closer situation is by committee. Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy have promise but hasn't translated to a lot of production just yet so they could also use another outfielder or dh hard to imagine that they don't want outside help and a lot of it according to brisby well and they don't even mention the bullpen huh they should uh, that should be number one on the list uh but i would you know as i've said here for a while including today you know at least one starting pitcher a couple bullpen arms I, however, I think the Diamondbacks are kind of in a tricky little situation here. Um, I don't think no matter who they add, they're going to beat the Dodgers in the National League West. And I don't think anybody in the National League is going to beat Atlanta uh, once you get to the postseason. And it looks like that uh, Atlanta's getting healthier as far as their pitching finally. You know, Max Freed, uh, big day for him. Uh, today, there's you know, he did throw it off a mound yesterday. Then they're going to see how he feels today. There's a chance that Max Reed could be pitching next week uh, for the Braves, and he's been on the injured list twice this season. Also, uh, Kyle Wright, who was baseball's only 20-game winners last uh, last season. Uh, he has uh, been on the injured list for almost all of this season. He's expected to be back by you know August 
and uh, so we'll see what happens with that. That's a little more iffy. But uh, the Diamondbacks, they've got a lot of good young players. Uh, do they think this is going to be a long-haul thing? Which I could understand if they think that because of the young talent they have, and they've got some heralded prospects that aren't major league ready yet that are expected to be in the next couple of years. Uh, so add that to the mix. I would not give up any of their elite young talent to get anybody in this trade deadline because I just don't think the long term for the Diamondbacks this season is going to be as good as it might be in the next two or three years down the road. Uh, next up on the Tier 1 aggressive buyers list is the Houston Astros. The Astros are below the Nationals and the Cubs in OPS Plus, and they also have scored fewer runs than the average major league team. Jose Abreu has struggled at the plate. He's just batting 243 this year, seven home runs and 45 RBIs, and so they need some offense and maybe a pitch or two. I totally agree, disagree with this. Um, uh, first up, you know, they haven't had Alvarez for several weeks now. He's expected to be back possibly after the All-Star break. And his their entire offense you know, kind of uh, you know, basically uh, goes around him being healthy. And uh, he's been out, and now Altuve's out you know, for indefinite period of time. Uh, so, you know, their offensive numbers haven't been great, but – Considering that Altuve missed the first six weeks of the season and Alvarez has missed roughly the last month, what do you expect from their offense? I think the bigger question for them is their starting pitching. Uh, you know, they lost Verlander. Lance McCullers isn't pitching at all this season, as it turned out. They lost Luis Garcia, another starting pitcher for the season. Urquidy hasn't been good, even though he's supposed to be back after the All-Star break. Framber Valdez, who is one of the best pitchers in baseball, he's been out here lately, even though he's supposed to return and start today. Uh, so I think their uh, their biggest question will be their pitching staff. Their bullpen has been overused because of the starting pitching situation. They need pitching, I think, far more than they need offense. If Alvarez comes back as scheduled, their offense will be fine. Also, I wonder when this story was written because Abreu has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball for the last three or four weeks. Uh, the Rangers as well on the aggressive buyers list here. Brisby says that Bruce Bochy will be in the Hall of Fame one day and every one of his championships with the Giants was due in part to getting aggressive at the trade deadline so that the Rangers should do the same here. Well, they already have. Uh, they added the Rolls Chapman last week. They jumped the gun on the relief pitcher bandwagon, and they need to do that. I don't really think they need to do too much else, quite frankly. Probably add a starting pitcher, maybe another reliever. Uh, but, you know, last week, uh, you know, the 30th was when they acquired uh, uh, Chapman, and uh, Chris Young is – Certainly uh, been known to be aggressive. He hasn't been that he's been the this is his first or second full year as the general manager. He's been in the organization for a little while. So they've already started on that. Yeah, they have really tailed off here of late offensively, which is somewhat surprising because their offense has been amongst the best in baseball. I think the biggest concern I have with Texas right now is that Nathan Nivaldi, who's already had two Tommy John surgeries. Uh, he has been unbelievable for the first three months of the season. He's pitching a big game for them. Their lead is down to two games right now over Houston. By the way, 
all the Houston problems that they described in the last uh, the last part there for the last you know, last uh, you know the, the the little you know Houston write up they had. Well, the Astros have been one of the hottest teams in baseball here lately. They're only two games behind right now. Texas has only had one day this entire season where they have not led the division, and uh, they're getting close here. But Evaldi, he's had the two Tommy John surgeries. He's on pace to throw 225 innings this season, and there's no chance that they want him to do that. Uh, I don't think they could possibly think he's going to make it through. They're going to make the playoffs, so they, they got some opportunities to give him some breaks and rest and so forth. I wonder if they kind of privately wish that he actually had not made the All-Star game. Uh, maybe they'll even you know hope that he doesn't pitch in the All-Star game or do anything in the All-Star game other than just kind of show up and sign some autographs and shake some hands and do whatever it you do, whatever you do at an All-Star game if you're a player. Uh, then moving into tier number two here, dropping the aggressive tag and just going with buyers here. Uh, first up on the list is the Braves, that they have the largest lead in baseball over the Marlins. They have to feel good about the NL East and maybe the NL as well. Uh, gotten just 10 starts so far combined from Max Fried and Kyle Wright. The general manager has made a habit of adding the right complementary pieces and see that no different uh, circumstances will happen here. That's according to Tim Britton. Yeah. Um, befuddled as to what they're supposed to do. Uh, they've lost five games since June the 1st. Once again, I wonder when this story was updated. Uh, but they were actually 14 and 14 at one point. Since that time, they've had three different winning streaks of seven-plus games. As I mentioned, five losses since June the 1st. Max Freed, depending on what happened yesterday and then the aftermath today when you threw off a mound, could be back next week. Kyle Wright's expected to be back soon. Their bullpen has been really good. They've done an amazing job for literally four decades. I'm not exaggerating here. Four decades of developing players throughout their system. They have the best lineup in baseball. It's not even close. I don't even know. What, what could the Braves actually do to add at this point? Why would they have to add at this point? They're the best team in the sport not even close when healthy. Uh, number two, the Orioles. How aggressive will they be? Their general manager, uh, Mike Elias's track record says that they will approach this with caution. Last year, they ended up being a seller, and the offseason, they just made some small moves. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this. Uh, yeah, they're starting, their pitching hasn't been good. Their starting pitching is 17th. Uh, they've gotten by for the most part. Uh, they do have a wild card here. John Means was their best pitcher on bad teams, uh, but he had Tommy John surgery a little more than a year ago, and he's expected to be uh, coming back at some point here after the All-Star break, and that could be a trade addition in it itself if he's anywhere near what he was previously. So we're good there. They do have a tremendous minor league system. We've seen a couple of those players, including Colin Cows Colton Kowser, who came up and made his major league debut last night uh, and got a hit uh, for the Orioles against the Yankees. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we've we've seen you know a couple of guys come up in the last you know, couple two three years. But their minor league system, as far as position players, actually reminds me of the Diamondbacks. They've got a lot of guys. Uh, and if they wanted to make trades, they have the 
you uh, young player you know pool of uh, you know studs that you can make that kind of trade. I would not get crazy here uh, if I'm the Orioles, so I do agree with this assessment. Uh, next up here is the Cincinnati Reds. The division can be won without getting aggressive. Uh, maybe beef up the pitching staff and let the lineup do its thing, according there to Stephen Nesbitt. Well, the Reds are in an interesting situation, and so is Milwaukee. Um, you know, those are, you know, we think, to be, uh, the, the two best teams in an awful division, and somebody has to win the division. However, they play twice in the next two, have two series in the next two weeks, roughly in the next two weeks, and they are done uh, as far as regular season games for the rest of the year. They don't play anymore after the next couple of series here. Uh, so I'm not sure what you do if you're the Reds. They have a lot of young, good talent. Uh, unfortunately, uh, just a few moments ago, Ellie De La Cruz foolishly sliding head first into third base uh, was last seen writhing in pain. And literally right after that happened, which had nothing to do with him writhing in pain at third base, they went to a rain delay and had to get the tarp on the field in Washington. So I'm not sure... If he's still in the game, uh, he uh, like he. I don't even know. He, there was no reason for him to try to slide at all. The ball was not where it was a fly fly ball to deep left field, and there was no chance of him being thrown out at third base. Slid head first into third, which is you know sliding head first in any base is just stupid. But once again, uh, he's a young player. He's the most one of the most athletic players I've ever seen on a baseball field. But he has no concept of how to play the game, unfortunately. And I'm hoping he's okay. But as I mentioned, he was in pain when they went to the rain delay. And, you know, if you have the baseball package, you just have a blank screen right now, MLB rain delay. And they're not like, you know, giving updates of what's going on. And they'll, you know, the game will, the, the broadcast will return on the MLB package when the game resumes, assuming the game does actually resume today. Interesting here to see what your thought is on the Dodgers. The Dodgers won't panic, won't overpay. They'll be buyers, but not desperate buyers. No, I agree with that. I mean, and then also the factor here with the Dodgers is that everybody in the world, for the most part, unless you're a Mets fan, seemed to, uh, it's been kind of assumed. I think we first heard this. Uh, last October, November, uh, from Bob Nightingale, that everybody, and since then, I haven't heard anything a whole lot different, that they're going to have, Otani's going to be on the Dodgers next year. Uh, And uh, so how much do they want to do this year? They obviously did not spend nearly as much as they had. They actually cut down on the payroll. You know, they didn't have any interest in keeping Trey Turner, which like looks like a pretty smart move right now because he's struggling in Philadelphia and can't hit a fastball for some reason, which is inexplicable, but whatever. But if the Dodgers want somebody, they can get them. Um, they have a tremendous minor league system and have forever, much like the Braves. Uh, the Dodgers' farm system, you know, success goes deeper than the Braves. The Braves goes, that goes back to the late 80s. The Dodgers have literally been doing this, I'm not joking here, since the 40s or 50s. They always have uh, tremendous player development, always have talent. If they want to get anybody in the trade market, they could have them just depending on how much they want to offer. Uh, Then for the Phillies here, would you agree that they need some offense and that the rotation has found some steadiness of late? 
they need to find somebody that can catch the damn ball, especially in the outfield. Yeah, Castellanos uh, is just a butcher in right field. He's been a very good offensive player this year. Schwarber is, uh, I don't think there's any question, is the worst probably outfielder in baseball. Certainly the best, excuse me, the worst out left, I'll try to get this out, the worst left fielder in baseball. And he's hitting under 200 this year, by the way. He had one good stretch in June, but he always hits in June for whatever reason. They need people that can just catch the ball and make a routine play in the outfield, and that will tremendously help their pitching staff if you don't have two or three games a week where your outfield defense is killing you. Uh, And finally here, the Tampa Bay Rays, that they don't usually make big splashes or get the biggest name if they make some moves. I think they're screwed. Um, Yeah, we mentioned I loved the Rays before the season started. They had the unbelievable start. They got off to the best start since the 1984 Detroit Tigers. They were 26-6, I think it was, at one point. They're out of pitchers. And, you know, the fact that McClanahan's on the injured list, they say he's going to be back right after the All-Star break, that they've already lost springs for the season. We think that Rasmussen is almost for sure out for the season. They've just run out of guys. And I think that their current losing streak right now and their current uh, you know, last 15, 16 game stretch, which has not been, not been good at all, they're just uh, running loose. They had, you know, Yanni Chirinos has to pitch every fifth day for them right now. And he tried that last night, or yes, I was, yeah, last night, and he didn't make it through the third inning. And, uh, they're just out of dudes. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much you hit, you've got to eventually you know, stop the opposition, and they're just unable to do that right now unless Zach Eflin's pitching. Uh, Glass now has been okay, but he needs to be better. But they're, they're just out of guys. Wrapping up hour number one next. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. We have one of the fastest segments happening here on the Extra Point to wrap up our number one of this Thursday, July 6th edition of the Extra Point. And we'll dive into things going on at the John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour. I had said this was going to be low scoring and low scoring it is as you do have Jonas Blix out in front. He shot nine under par, 62 this morning. Then you have Grayson Sig, Garrick Higo, Adam Shank, Nate Lashley on all in a tie for second right now at six under par. And that's great news for us because we have Adam Shank in a top 20 bet going for the week. Eric Cole is the other guy who we were paying attention to, and uh, he has yet to tee off in today's round. The U.S. Women's Open from Pebble Beach is underway as well. And you have uh, Amy Yang is sitting at one under par. She's in a tie for fifth right now. Haru Nomura is in first at two under par. So things just getting started uh, with the U.S. Women's Open from Pebble Beach. Much more happening in the world of the NBA. Your phone calls as well as we kick off hour number two on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point. Extra Point. 